Praise the Lord. Let's all stand up. I want to read you one verse today. Psalm 23. Verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Amen. Now I want you to notice the word through. Has anybody today ever been through something? How about anybody going through something right now? You know, it seems to me like about the time you go through something, something else shows up. So I want to start a series today called How to Get Through What You're Going Through. Father, we thank you for this gathering today. We honestly praise you and give you all the glory for it's in Jesus name we pray and everybody said amen. amen amen you may be seated now a big part of going through is you've got to know what to do a lot of times miss the doing people miss the doing part and they want to get to the through part, but they get stuck in a season because they don't really know what to do in order to get through. So I want to encourage you today, don't allow the seasons of your life to become permanent fixtures in your life. If they do become a permanent fixture in our life, what happens is frustration. And then the enemy brings on the pile-on effect. It seems like one thing here and one thing there and one thing there and one thing here. And all of a sudden, oftentimes, even spirit-filled Christians go into a mode of panic. I want to encourage you. If you are facing something that seems overwhelming, I want to encourage you today to get centered, to get focused. Redirect your attention off of the challenge or off of the crisis and put it on the exceeding great and precious promises of God. See, sometimes we need to talk to ourselves and tell ourselves it's all right. It's going to be all right. As a matter of fact, by faith, I say... It is well. Let's try that on for size today. Let's say it together. It is well. well. So storms come and storms go. Realize what you're going through currently is subject to change. I want to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 and 18. Uh, In the message translation it says... So we are not given up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. There's far more than meets the eye. The things we now see are here today and gone tomorrow. But the things we cannot see 
now will last forever. And so how we conduct ourselves, how we deal with these seasons of life will determine the outcome or the quality of your life. You see, the things that we are challenged with, they don't come from the inside of us. They come from the outside. Someone says something bad about you. You just went to the doctor and he didn't tell you what you wanted to hear. You looked at your bank account and it went minus zero. All of these things come from the outside. We have an enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. He walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But though these things come from the outside, we have something and someone on the inside. We are to deal with the outside from the inside. We are not outside in, Christians. We are inside out. So it's vital to nurture, protect, and feed your heart and even your emotions. We got to be healthy folks on the inside. So that we can deal with proficiency, what's coming at us from the outside. Deal with your heart. If there's something in your heart that would stop the flow of great power, deal with it. Whether it be unforgiveness or whatever the case may be, there is cleansing that comes from the blood of Jesus. And there is value in admitting something's not right and looking to the God on the inside to help you make it right. Amen. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The NLT says, Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Young says, Above every charge, keep thy heart, for out of it are the outgoings of life. Tend to your heart. Keep your heart healthy. Amen. Amen. Both naturally and spiritually. Because when you sore kestare ne mosare ni stafanode, so when you're strong on the inside and well fed, you're ready for anything and equal to anything through the anointed one and his anointing that comes at you from the outside, and you'll be able to rise up on the inside, and your enemies shall be scattered on the outside. Now here's what some people do. Instead of dealing with it, when the crisis comes, when the challenge comes, they store it or they ignore it. I want to just say this. You cannot fix or change what you say is not there. Store it. Repress it. It's dangerous to repress things. 
Because oftentimes when you repress things, it comes out in anger. It comes out in being the person at the office that no one wants to be around. Store it, ignore it. But here's what we need to do is we need to process it. I'm going to define that, what that means in a moment. How you process these challenges determines your outcome. I looked at the definition of process. You want to know what it is? Process is a series of actions or steps. A series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. And the particular end is getting through. But you see, on the way of getting through, there's this valley. But he is in the valley. He's not only the God of the mountains, but he is the God of the valley. And he will lead you and guide you and ignite you with what steps to take so that you can get to the other side. Now, I know that some storms, they immediately go. But I've discovered that most of the time, the challenges, the things that I've faced in my life are usually a process. I like the immediates, don't you? I mean, if I had it my way, I mean, everything would just be, hallelujah. Ten million dollars right here, right now. Money cometh to me now. Well, let's say it by faith. Money's on the way. But you see, these storms, these things don't always cease immediately. They cease by faith in the realm of the Spirit. But sometimes there's a time between the demand of faith and the manifestation to getting through. And I know you understand that. So challenges come to every one of us. Sometimes they're big. Sometimes they're small. Other times it's a combo plate. Now, I like combo plates at Mexican restaurants. But I don't like combo tests and combo trials. Do you? And sometimes it's those combo things that overwhelm us. Let's look at our text again. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through. David didn't say, I'm not in the valley. I'm not in the valley. He said, I'm in the valley, all right, but I'm walking through it. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. I love that. So we see right in this verse several keys on what to do to get through. Look at what David did. The first thing he said is, I will fear no evil. Let's say that together. I will fear no evil. No evil will befall me because I don't fear evil. God didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of faith. And a power and a love 
of a sound mind. Even though I'm going through stuff, my mind, my mind is still sound. My mind is well balanced. Your mind is disciplined. Your mind is self-controlled. Because you're not relying on your own natural mind, for you have the mind of Christ. And through the process of renewing your mind, you become more calm, you become more still, you become more confident in every situation. If we're going to make it through, we must not fear. First thing we need to do is identify the fear. Amen? Anything that robs, steals, kills, destroys, anything that discourages you, makes you feel inferior, makes you feel unaccepted, makes you feel sick, makes you feel poor, all those things, that is the devil. And the devil is the author of fear. So in identifying fear, the next thing you do is resist it. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and fear will flee from you. Say this with me. I resist fear, and fear flees from me. Now you identify it, you resist it, and then you need to replace it. Whatever the enemy is telling you, I'm telling you the opposite is true. He says you're sick, God says you're healed. He says you're poor, God says you're rich. He says you're rejected, God says you're accepted. He says you're the tail, God says you're the head. He says you're beneath, God says you're above only. It's the reciprocal of what the enemy is saying. Isaiah chapter 43. Verse 1 and 2 says this. But now thus says the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee. Here's what I want you to see. Fear not. Why? Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. I know your name. And you're mine. You're mine. I purchased you. I bought you. I paid the price for you. You yielded to me and received Jesus and you're mine. And I fully intend to be a father unto you. I fully intend when the enemy comes against you one way, he's got to flee before you seven ways. You're his. You're heirs of God. You're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. You are the redeemed. Now, when you pass through the waters, here's the next principle. Not only fear not, but know that he's with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, come on, somebody. Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Whoo, glory to God. So he is with you he is for you if you will obey him and serve him he will become an enemy to your enemies 
When the waters try to drown you, he's there to see you through. When the fire tries to burn you, he's that fourth man in the burning fiery furnace. When the river gets high, the most high is right there to keep you afloat. Woo, I'm glad he is here. Now look at Isaiah 41.10. He says, fear thou not again. Why? I'm with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Be not dismayed. Don't be confused. Consider it not strange, the fiery test and trial that has come to try you. Some, some strange thing happened unto you. It's part of life. Not the God kind of life, but it's part of the enemy's package. And he said, I'm your God, and I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you, but not only that, I will uphold you. Now look at this. He's with us, he strengthens us, he's helping us, and he's upholding us. Knowing that he is with me and for me, and knowing that he's with you and for you, here's what it will do to fear. It will dispel it. Now, we don't have a lot of time to look at it, but 1 John chapter 4 says that perfect love, what does it do to fear? Perfect love casteth out fear. In other words, it dispels every trace of tear. It turns it outside. So when we get a revelation that he's with us and he's for us and he's in us and that we're his, whoo, glory to God. When we get an understanding of how much he loves us, hey folks, what's there to fear? Say with me, perfect love will cast out fear Every time and every day. I believe the Spirit of God wants to say this to you this morning. You're never alone and you're never without help. You're never alone and you're never without help. Woo, glory. Even when you were up to all those shenanigans before Christ, He had His eye on you. He spared us. He saved many of us from a premature death. He saved us from a burning hell. Before the foundation of the earth, you were on his mind. And if we were on his mind then, in his great mercy, hovered over us and saved us because he loved us, how much more? How much more? In the nasty, now and now, are we on his mind? <laughs> oh, glory to God. Raise both hands and say, thank you, Father, for your great mercy. Thank you, Father, 
that I am on your mind. Say this with me. I'm never alone. And I'm never without help. Paul ran into the church at Corinth, said this in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, and 9 in the NLT. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We may be hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. I believe one translation says, I may get knocked down, but I'm never knocked out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. My confession is, is I'm either getting up or I'm up. I'm either getting up or I'm up. Isn't it good to know what Psalm says in 46 verses 1 through 3? Let's read it together. Ready? Read. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Say it with me, God is my refuge. And he is my very present help. Right here. And right now. We serve a right now, on time, God. He's right here, right now. And he has placed eternity in your heart. And he has placed all of his attributes on the inside of you. Yes, he's given us faith to move mountains. He is here now, and now you have faith. Now you have confidence. Faith is present tense. God is present. He's not inaccessible. He's easy to access, even from the valley. Just lift up your voice with now faith. Be confident in Him. Trust in Him. Commit your way to the Lord and He will bring it to pass. You got now faith for now trials and now tribulations. Now faith is a victory that overcomes the world. Woo! Glory to God. Say it real strong. I've got now faith. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Good to know who you are, where you are in Christ. And then he went on to say, Thy rod and thy staff, what do they do? So this tells me, because he's an ever-present help in a time of trouble, part of his help 
was sending the Holy Spirit as our helper to comfort us in all of our tribulations. So there's comfort available. And this comfort doesn't come from the outside. It comes from the inside. Put your hands on your belly and say, Thank God I've got the comforter living on the inside. So instead of ignoring this great comfort, cultivate it. Commune with your comforter. And your comforter will increase the very presence of the Lord on the inside. And the comforter and the comfort that's on the inside of you shall go forth onto the outside and change your situations. Don't ignore him. Commune with him. Turn the television off. Put the Western novels away. Boy, you could meddle there. We're not going to do it. Rely on the comforter. Here's what John says in John 14, 16, in the Amplified 17, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you what? Another comforter. Then he defines what this comfort is here for us for. To counsel, to help, to intercede, to advocate on our behalf, to strengthen us. He's our standby. Now notice that he may remain with you how long? Forever. Forever. Verse 17 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome take to its heart, because he does not see him or know him and recognize him, but you know him. Say with me, I know him. I recognize him. For he lives with me. Constantly. Hallelujah. He does not bow. When the floods come. He's there. He's there. Now God knew that we'd face some troubles. That's why he said in, I believe, John 16, verse 33. You know, he knows he's going to the cross. He's having this very important conversation with his disciples. And he's telling them, you know, there's going to be some things that are going to come. You know, we think... In 2023, oh man, we've faced so much. Not like they did. And incidentally, you would not be alive in this generation if you didn't have what it took to live in this generation. I'm talking about really living. Not hiding, not backing down, but really living. You're made out of the right stuff. So Jesus is having this conversation. And here's what he said to them. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace. And what else? And faith. In the world, you will have tribulations and trials and distress and frustration. But... But, but, I'm telling you this now, guys, it's coming, but be 
of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. Why, Jesus? For I have overcome the world. And by the way, I've deprived it of its power to harm you. And I have conquered it. Come on. I have conquered it. Listen, folks, whatever it is, it is defeated. Brenda had a word about addictions. Whatever it is. Alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography, any kind of an addiction, any kind of a habit. Let's bring it back up there. He says, I've deprived it. I've deprived it. When something's deprived, it's been stripped. It's been annihilated. It's been brought to naught. Oh, I want to run. I've deprived it of power to harm you. No matter what they said about you, it can't hurt you. No matter what the doctor report said, it can't hurt you. It can't harm you. No matter what your bank account looks like, it can't hurt you. It can't harm you. Come on, somebody. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it. So when we're in the valley, remember this. It can't harm me. He conquered this for me. I love what Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 10, 19. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Say that with me real strong. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. The devil intends to bring a hurt on you. Jesus intends to bring a healing on you. Now, don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt yourself by storing things and ignoring things. You see, there are things that we can control. And I don't want to get too far into our series today. This is mere, a mere introduction. But there are things that we can control. Don't hurt yourself. Don't work against biblical principles in your life. Stop violating natural principles. Stop hurting yourself by what you're not doing with your body. Stop hurting yourself by what you are doing with your body. The body is for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. The body is not for a lot of this stuff and junk. I just heard the organ right there. Oh, Jesus. 
Are you still good? The message says, in this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. So here's the next principle. We fear not, we know he's with us, we rely on the comforter, and by faith we rejoice. We just make ourselves to be of good cheer. Lillian B. Yeoman said this, she says, there's nothing you cannot praise your way out of. Not only will nothing by any means hurt you, but there's nothing that you can't praise your way out of. Woo, glory. For praise is what God inhabits. Praise is what brings his presence upon us. Amen. So rejoice that he's your good shepherd. Maintain your joy. Here's what James says. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Can any of you testify? You've been through some things. But as a result of going through them things and you took the right steps and you processed it out, you grew spiritually. God doesn't send those things, but He can use those things to bring character, to bring endurance, to bring great hope for your life. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. That means you're making it through. The message says this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when when, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it will show its true colors. Basically, what this is saying, what's on the inside will rise up and turn the tables on what's coming against you on the outside. Through joy, through celebration, you are literally challenging the challenger. What is this? It's something on the inside of you says to those things, you cannot keep me down. You can't hold me back. I am going through. And the joy of the Lord, it is my strength. Can you handle a little bit more? Just a little bit more. Here's what some people do instead of processing it biblically or naturally. Here's what they do. They eat. I just got to have this and got to have that. They just eat themselves into oblivion and they numb their senses. And everything's okay for about an hour until the sugar goes too high. 
and you feel like you're back in the basement. So what do you do? You eat again. Or, you know what? I'm just going to sleep this test off. I'm just going to go to sleep. Ten hours, fifteen hours. I'm just going to sleep. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, sleep it off. When you fall into different tests, temptations, and trials. Now, I'm not belittling sleep because sleep is healthy and sleep is good for us. But if sleep is what we use to escape what we're going through, we'll just stay in an ever-increasing state of sleep. Keith Moore said to me many years ago, he says, Mark, did you know that most people are asleep in this world? And I kind of wondered what he meant. Basically, what he was saying is, yeah, people are breathing, they're alive, but they're clueless. They're just asleep. God's will for you is for you to be awake. Awake. To wake up. And this goes back to what Brenda said. Another way that people deal with things is by substances. Merchawana. Whatever. Alcohol. Substances. And here's another one. Well, I'm just going to binge on the old television tonight. I think there were just a ton of people that binged themselves right through COVID. But they're not through yet because they're still on the couch. Binging. Can I get a witness? I've had the Lord speak to me and say, Mark, he says, you're watching too much TV when you could be waiting on me. Now, if he's going to give a word like that to the senior pastor... (laughs) <laughs> you may want to you may want to turn your ear to hear what he's saying to you these are not biblical ways or scriptural ways to deal what's happening in our life how many of you know there's better, better ways? Some, somebody say it real strong. There's better ways. God's ways are better ways. These are the higher ways. These are the higher thoughts. Did you know that it is not what happens to you? It's what you do with what happens to you. That makes the difference. Now, I'm not minimizing the fact that people go through some terrible things. We've heard just about all of it. 
How many of you know that progress is usually preceded by crisis? Let me qualify that. Someone got a health scare. They say, I've got some things to process. I've got some adjustments to make. Did you know that many people are healthy today because they went through the process? They fed their spirit. They took care of their temple. They cooperated with natural and spiritual laws. And here's the good news. You can heal. You can get through what you're going through. You have a part to play, but thank God, God has a part to play. Woo, glory to God. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.